listening to The Keys 107, opening the doors to endless possibilities in the pursuit of love, peace, and happiness with your host, Rafika and Brother James. Another evening of the Keys 107, opening doors to endless possibilities, live broadcast. We thank you all for taking a moment out of your precious time to spend with us. We got a hot topic. We got a topic that is on the minds and the hearts of many people as they tune into the news and listen to the radio and just think about the devastation that's happening to people, to brothers and sisters out in Flint, Michigan. I'm Rafika. I'm your host. My co-host, Brother James, is here. We have two very experienced young men in disaster preparedness ready to come in and weigh in and answer the question that has been on many of our minds and straighten out some facts and some myths on just what the hell happened in Flint, Michigan. Before we get started, I'm going to go to the healthy tip of the day with our Organic Soul Chef Medea Allen. But while we're listening to Medea Allen deliver that wonderful healthy tip that she always does so well, I just want you to take a few minutes and think about what it would be like if you woke up tomorrow morning and turned your water on and your water was polluted. It was acidic. It was brown instead of clear. What would you do if you put your hands in your water and it burned your skin? What would you do if your baby was crying and you couldn't bathe your baby or feed your baby or cook for your child? Take a moment, marinate in those thoughts. The Keys 107, we'll be right back. The Keys 107 and com presents The Healthy Tip of the Day. The healthy tip of the day is to spend time in nature. Nature connects us to life's natural rhythms and to the interconnectedness of all life. The elements found in nature are very soothing and are healing to the mind, body, and spirit. Pick a favorite park to explore for half an hour once a week or discover new outdoor areas you may have been curious about. Enjoying regularly scheduled time in nature can be a great way to manage stress and also to bring greater peace and harmony to your life. Today's healthy tip of the day has been brought to you by Organic Soul Chef Medea Allen. For more healthy lifestyle tips, visit me online at OrganicSoulChef.com. Yeah, I told you Medea Allen was going to bring bring it with the healthy tip of the day. You know, we have um, got quite a, a, a tremendous, exciting response from our Facebook family 
for the show today. We've got some of our old and, and um, steady listeners here, and I just wanted to take a moment and thank some of them, Joanne um, Gamble and Andrew Williams, Jr. Thank you so very much, and Michael Sorries, my brother, my brother Kim, my sister Aisha. Thank you so much for just sharing the show and really getting the people on board at this moment, I just like to check in with my co-host, Brother James. Are you on the line? And I'm in the line, and I am I'm on the line. I'm in line, and I'm present <laughs> for today's activity. I really um, want to get started, and you painted the picture so well. This is a dismal time um, for our folk in Flint, Michigan, but it made us to remember Katrina and many other devastating um, situations around this country. And um, I can't wait any longer, but I'm going to just go ahead and bring in two brothers who are soldiers in the battlefield who have hearts uh, made for our people. You know, they are two great examples of men who are willing to sacrifice their time their energy, their intellect. And I speak of Brother Rudolph Muhammad, who's a brother who's been training many men for so long, um, originating out of Brooklyn, but now in the city of Detroit. You know, um, we are just grateful that um, we are able to bring Brother Rudolph, you know, uh, from disaster preparedness, and our uh, esteemed brother, Brother Joseph Muhammad, uh, from the New York area, who is a, a, fire, a retired uh, firefighter and a man who knows very well how to um, talk to issues of this kind. Brothers, you are live now on the air. Brother Joseph, Brother Rudolph, welcome to the Keys 107. Uh, and family, bring them on. Thank you so much, brothers. Thank now, you, sir. Brother Joseph. Yes, sir. Y'all there. Thank you so much, Brother James, Sister well, Rafika. You know, uh, I want to just take a moment and, and just uh, piggyback. Oh, now I just want to uh, jump on what uh, my my co-host was saying. Welcome back, Brother Rudolph. Well, you know we have missed you on the Keys 107 Network. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, brothers, I know the anticipation for this um this conversation today starts with our very first question. Ooh, are we all right? Can can anybody hear me? I can hear you, sir. Loud and clear. Okay. This is Brother Joseph. Okay, not that's good because I seen that my screen just went kind of crazy there. But the very first question that we must ask either the both of you um, is how the hell did this happen? But before y'all go into that dialogue, <laughs> take a moment and tell folks about who you are, what you do, and why it is so important for you to lend your voice, your heart, and and your ears to this situation out there in Flint, Michigan. Well, you know what? Before you, before you brothers begin, let me just say this to uh, our callers on the switchboard. If you are calling in and you want to talk, weigh in, uh, add some uh, information to the discussion, you got to press the number one on your keypad. Uh, we welcome all calls, all calls, comments, and questions, but if you don't press the number one, I'm just looking at your number and think you're listening. Brother Rudolph, Brother Joseph, take the mic. Your mic is live. Check in. 
Brother Joseph. Yes, sir. Uh, first of all, giving uh, honor and praise to the Most High God, the Beneficent, the Merciful. I want to thank um, Sister Rafika and Brother James and the staff of the Keys 107 for giving us this opportunity to be on your most important program. And we, too, thank you for the work that you do and have done consistently. And may Almighty God continue to bless the both of you uh, in your efforts to make the community better today than it was yesterday. Uh, my name is Joseph Muhammad. I'm the immediate past president of the International Association of Black Professional Firefighters, a group of dedicated men and women in the fire service, everything from EMS, emergency medical services, to DHS, Department of Homeland Security, that uh, of the 100 or so affiliate chapters throughout the continental U.S., the Caribbean, we have membership in the United Kingdom, Africa, Canada as well. Uh, we are committed to uh, recruiting. We are committed to safety first, safety always, safety as a standard. Uh, and certainly you can find more about us on our website at www.iabpff.org. We'll get to that later. I'm also the co-chairperson uh, of the Emergency Task Force of the Institute of the Black World 21st Century under the leadership of Dr. Ron Daniels and Baba Leonard Dustin, along with Sister Dr. Nana Pat Newton, uh, who was uh, the president of uh, the Black Psychiatrists of America. And I'm also a co-host, honored to be a co-host with my brother, Brother Rudolph Muhammad, on a weekly blog talk radio uh, program that airs every Wednesday from 3 to 5 p.m. Uh, on blog talk radio entitled Disaster Awareness for Community Preparedness. So uh, above and beyond that, Indeed, I'm not worthy. I'm super honored just to be your brother. And so, again, I thank you for this opportunity, and I'll allow uh, Brother Rudolph to take it from here. Thank you, Brother Joseph. And also, you know, giving all praise and thanks to the Most High God for allowing me another day in his wonderful, magnificent creation called Universe. It is only because of his grace and mercy that I'm alive talking to you today because I've done nothing in and of myself to warrant these 53 years in his universe, but it is because, again, of his grace and mercy, which is um, undeserved kindness and undeserved blessings that a father gives to his children at his will and pleasure and no one is to say anything of it because he is the architect of this. He's the creator and I'm the creation. So whatever he will have me to do, I want to be able to do and more so than just be able to do, I want to have the heart to do it so the sincerity is there and the compassion for my people is there. That's something that I've been taught over these years by those whose footsteps I walk in. Um, I have the, the 
Soviet past commanding officer of the world-famous Stavison Volunteer Ambulance Corps and the Save a Life Rescue Squad of New York City. As Brother James said, now I reside in Detroit, Michigan, and I opened up the Care Unit 911 here doing the same job just under a different name. One thing that my brother, Brother Joseph, forgot to um, let you know about him, and that's because of how humble he is. But Brother Joseph is also the um, incident commander for the Ministry of Health and Human Services, which is the medical division of the Nation of Islam. In the Nation of Islam, we're broken up into different ministries in order to serve our people. And the Ministry of Health and Human Services is one that deals with, again, health and the wellness of the people, not just in the Nation of Islam, but across the planet. If you're a human being and you breathe air and you bleed red blood, then we have your best interest in mind, and we work toward that goal. So that's, I just want to say that much just to get it out there. And I'm anxious to get started on this um, question that we have and this course of study that we are entering in. I just want to say this to the listeners. Please have a pen and paper ready because yes, our job is to inform, enlighten, and inspire you. We are going to inundate you with information, and that is so you can utilize that information to make an informed decision when you have to make a decision for yourself and your family. So that's our job. That's what our aim and purpose is. And so, Brother James and Sister Rafika, on with the show. That's right. Let's ask that question together. How, How the, the hell, hell did this happen? <laughs> oh, my God, yes. Well, you know, as Brother Rudolph just mentioned, um, there are so many aspects by which we can approach that question. How the hell did it happen? You know, listening to our teachers, I remember Minister Malcolm X used to say, of all of our studies, history is best qualified and most attractive to reward our research. So we know that he got that from his teacher, the most honorable Elijah Muhammad, and the honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan continues to teach us the same thing in order for us to be in tune with the time and what must be done. So as I did my research relative to your question, I spoke to a few people who are Flint residents, and, you know, they actually can go back almost six years ago, in their opinion, when they realized that the people of the city were sort of losing their authority to govern the city. So to move fast forward from six years ago, let's just go back to maybe uh, the year 2013, where Flint appointed a state emergency manager. And... um you know, then uh, this whole process started to expose itself. If you 
go back to April of 2014. That was when the government officials decided to switch the city's water source uh, temporarily. I think most most uh, people who, who study and research the problems go back to April 2014. The city switch, switched back because the highly corrosive water from the river ate away at the iron and the lead pipes, which led to uh, leaks in the water supply. The city switched back to Lake Huron water supply a year and a half later, but as we know, the damage was already done. And so because of this blatant disregard for life, the poisoned impact of uh, lead levels, the dire consequences and uh, damage relative to health development, the emergency manager now is a man by the name of Edward Kurtz. And so, you know, they knew that at a certain point, say in August of 2014, they advised the people of uh, Flint to boil their water because of the E. coli bacteria and the uh, coliform bacteria. What the city did was they boost the chlorine. And then when you moved up to October of that year, General Motors, as you know, which is you know, uh, had a, a plant there in Flint. They still have a plant there. They announced that they were pulling out of the plant. Uh, they were pulling their plant off the Flint water after workers began noticing rust spots on the newly machined parts. So there were signs all the way up until uh, there was a particular doctor who was identifying the high lead levels in the children as um they were attending the school, and again, as they say, the rest is history. I just wanted to um, identify some benchmarks as to how this happened, um, just on the level of chronology. Now, I'll let Brother Rudolph speak from his vantage point of how it happened, and then we can take it from there. Brother Rudolph, are you on mute again? Well, I'll continue to talk until he comes in, and Brother Rudolph, uh, feel free to interject as soon as you get back on. But the reality is, uh, Brother James and Sister Rafika, the government officials ignored uh, the warning on lead. Uh, they missed uh, chemicals. And, you know, what Brother Rudolph and I oftentimes say about disaster preparedness, whether it's a natural disaster or man-made, it impacts all areas of people activity, as Dr. Francis Crest Wilson would say. When you're dealing with a disaster, it impacts education, entertainment, economics. It impacts labor, law, politics. It even impacts religion, sex, and war. And so when we look at what happened, and more importantly now what we can do to find solutions to uh, bring some semblance of balance to the residents there in Flint, Michigan. Um, you're talking about various issues, environmental issues, mm-hmm. economic resources, public health, mental health, policy, infrastructure, legal issues, and media and communication. So whenever you talk about disaster, uh, specifically what we're talking about now, what's going on 
in 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 the city of Flint, Michigan, um, as you had already put out the demographics, Brother James, of that population being just short of one hundred thousand persons, about ninety nine thousand persons, almost sixty percent black, forty uh, percent thereabouts on the legal poverty line, and over thousand uh, over a thousand uh, residents who don't have documentation or what are called uh, illegal residents. You got quite a um, well. Your, your title hit it right on right on point. It's 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 a massive toxic water scandal, and uh, so that's that's my perspective of of what has happened in terms of what's documented. And we can talk about other things as the program goes along. So what is the state of of activity with the average person in Flint today? I mean, how, how and we, we've heard some people donating water, and, and I also heard another person say there's just not enough water that can be donated to, to adequately supply the population on a daily basis. Well, yeah, the reality is the pipes definitely need to be replaced. But in terms of what's being done, there are various individuals and agencies and organizations and businesses donating water outside of uh, Flint, coming into Flint. The residents are eternally grateful for that. Uh, But, um, you know, the NAACP, there's a sister by the name of uh, Jackie Patterson, who's the director of the Environmental Climate Justice Program for the NAACP. She's been working with others and partnering with others to um, just find out who is doing what. In fact, they just recently uh, developed a uh, a website called the um, Flint Water Crisis Matrix. Brother Rudolph said it has something to write with, so... It's called the Flint Water Crisis Matrix under the NAACP. Um, On that website, you can find out under those uh, particular uh, subjects that I I mentioned earlier in terms of economics, environment, public and mental health, and the like. Um, If you go to E for environmental, C for climate, J for justice, for program at NAACPnet.org you should be able to find out more about um, your question. Now, I don't know if your listening audience has heard, uh, but the NAACP had various um, dialogue with the community and they came up with a 20 point uh, priority paper. I don't know uh, if if you've heard of it, if it's been mentioned on your show or not, I don't know if this is the proper time to mention that, but um, it sort of it will give you sort of a framework as to how the community felt and feels at this time, and they're grateful uh, for the works of their mayor, uh, Sister Dr. Karen Weaver, and all that they're trying to do on a local level. But as you know, there are many different levels of this thing where uh, the Governor Snyder is responsible for quite a few missteps, and uh, of course, 
the federal government has a role to play as well. So what I what I want to dig a little deeper into is um and what we talked about in the airport with Brother Rudolph. When we're trying to look through the window from abroad or from afar into what is what happened in Flint, you gave us a timeline. You talked about the warning to boil the water and that there was little indications leading up to where they are today. But Brother Joseph and Brother Lewis, as I'm as I'm here to tell you, I still am not clear on just how this happened. So I know that there was some 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 um indication that there was a issue with the um the billing or the, the uh the price that the Chicago it wasn't Chicago a water water um water line getting into Detroit and there was that was cut. So let's just clear up the myths right now. And start from that point. How did this happen? How is how is how did the pipes rust? I mean, it's the corrosion of the pipes as a result of, of lead and other chemicals. You have to remember we don't know if in fact Flint uh the General Motors industry has been in Flint since for for quite a long time, and we didn't, I mean, the people did not know uh, exactly what uh, impediments, if you will, were in the Flint River, but um, after the emergency manager made that decision in April of 2014, they quickly found out by way of, again, it was noticed through the children, lead levels, it was noticed through I remember one brother just told me he remembered in washing his clothes. He was wondering why his clothes were getting holes in it. And uh, there were various indications of something just was not right. And uh, there was a a considerable amount of denial from from the the, uh, state government. And so the brother who up there, I think I heard his voice. Hang on, let me keep talking, Brother Joseph. I'm going to this brother right now. Okay, so so I'm going to tell you, as a result of what happened, Sister Rafika, this uh, priority list by the NAACP say, says the following. They want the emergency manager law repealed. They want to get rid of the emergency manager because of what he was responsible for doing. Uh, they definitely want the city of Flint to have a new state-of-the-art water distribution center. They want the responsibility for the crisis. It has to be investigated and accountability measures uh, be put into place, as you're saying. Well, what really happened? Uh, Number four, they they want a dedicated fund to support systems uh, that must be addressed of the impact of the lead toxic exposure. Number five, the environmental justice plan for the state of Michigan and the Department of, uh, I want to say, uh, Natural Resources, establish an executive order. Um, they're looking for fairness and justice. This is the residents of Flint. Uh, must be examined in rate hikes and continued billing for poisonous water. You know, there was a study that came out a week or two ago that said the city of Flint has the highest water rates in the country. Mm. And one would say, well, 
they don't pay them the bill. Well, how else will you be able to flush your toilet? You see? So they're sort of caught between a rock and a hard spot, but they want the NAACP and the community wants the government to answer these questions. Number seven, develop an independent community oversight board. That must be established. Number eight, all Flint residents must be provided free home inspections. Can you imagine investing in a home and now you can't sell it because of uh, the corrosive pipes and the, and the toxic water situation? Hmm. Uh, they're the, asking the, all Flint residents. I'm sorry? Back to that, yeah, getting back to that point, you said free home. So that means that if they inspection at this point, they have to pay. Oh, yeah, no doubt about it. No doubt about it. Yeah, and, uh, you know, back to I think you asked the question earlier, well, what, what's really going on now? See, these are the questions that the community came up with, but you have to understand, and I'm not saying your listening audience does not understand, people still have to go about their activity of daily living. They still have mm-hmm. to send their children to school. They still have to go to work. They still have to uh, be engaged in whatever ec- extracurriculum activity, and we didn't even get to, um, I think one of the points here is, you know, Flint is what's considered a food desert where there's no supermarket uh, to say with fresh vegetables and fruits within, you know, a five-mile radius or outside of the city. But anyway, I'm going to get back to the points, and then we can take it from there. Mm -hmm. Um, All Flint residents, number nine, must be provided federally funded replacement of damaged systems and appliances. Mm. Number 10, a Flint-wide environmental assessment must occur to determine and address other uh, repairs throughout the city. Number 11, pro bono legal advice must be available to all. Number 12, multidisciplinary studies must be conducted to assess impacts and needs related uh, to the concerns that are happening there. You know, there are quite a few other ethnicities in Flint that don't speak English, and the materials also they need to, um, for those who may be deaf, uh, they need to provide communication uh, vehicles by which the deaf community could also understand or can communicate with what's going on there. Uh, in Flint. Number 12, uh, multidisciplinary studies, I think I mentioned that. Number 13, all academic reports arising from the water crisis must be available to Flint residents. One of the indications uh, as things were going on uh, was determined by the University of Michigan there in Flint that they noticed something was wrong with their water. And uh, there was another indication where um, uh, people from Virginia Tech were sent into Flint to um, let let the, the the residents and those responsible know something ain't right. I mean, we mm-hmm. can see brown water that something ain't right, but if you need studies, then these are what this is what went down. Back to the twenty point list of priorities addressing the needs of the Flint residents by the NAACP. Number fourteen. Risk advisories and mitigation instructions must be factual, timely, and consistent. 
Number 15, information uh, sharing and service delivery must be accessible to all. Number 16, water distribution by the National Guard must be replaced by local labor. There was a process at one time that people who were donating uh, bottles of water were donating to the fire department, and the National Guard was the only one who could give out the water. And so they said, nah, nah, that can't be done because they were actually rationing off water in one sense. And, uh, you know, they weren't taking it to the people who really needed it. Number 17 talks about the fresh fruits and vegetables must be accessible for all residents. Number 18, an equitable redevelopment must include anti-displacement measures. Number 19, jobs, contracts, and other economic, economic benefits must go to local residents. And number 20, small business owners and prospective workers must have the capability uh, to use their, their skills, their trades, and, and the like. So that is the 20-point uh, program developed as a result of uh, the community speaking to the NAACP. There have been various town hall meetings when um, the convention in Detroit of the Nation of Islam, the Savior's Day Convention, was taking place. Uh, the Reverend Jesse Jackson actually uh, was a part of a march in Flint. Uh, the the the, the uh, TV uh, personality Rachel Maddow, political analyst, she did a town hall meeting there. Um, there have been concerts there. There have been um, the the filmmaker Michael Moore, who I believe was raised in Flint. He actually was talking about the governor should go to jail for being responsible to let this happen. But I just wanted to share those points. Hopefully Brother Rudolph has gotten back on, and if, you know, there are any further questions, then certainly I'm here to serve. Well, I think we're going to hold off on a question at this point. I'd like to remind our listening audience who are listening via the Internet that the call-in number is 213-943-3618. 213-943-3618, and you got to press that number on your keypad, that number one on your keypad. You are tuned in to Flint, Michigan, massive, massive to toxic water scandal, breaking down the beginning, the signs of what led to what is going on right now as we speak. And we have with us live Brother Joseph Muhammad. My co-host, Brother James, is here. We're going to break for a brief message from our sponsors, and when we come back, we will pick up where we left off. The chat room is live in Blog Talk Radio. You can inbox us in Facebook. We're here for you. The Keys 107 will be right back. For fashions that bring out the best in you, Go to moon107.com. That's M-A-U-N-107.com. We feature organic hair and skin products, pink Himalayan sea salt, women tunic tops, children's books, jewelry, art, and organite. Visit us on the web at moon107.com. M-A-U-N-107.com. 
Rafika Consultants and Services Technology Trainers. Do you need help making your computer or smartphone work for you? Whether it's managing your email, navigating Windows 8, working with MS Office, creating videos for YouTube, or any other technology need, our friendly and expert trainers are ready to help you get it right. We also provide public relations and web design project management. For more information, contact us at www.RafikaTS.com or on Facebook at Rafika Consultants and Services. Fluff presents the alphabet is available on Amazon.com and on Kindle. So get your copy today. For more information, go to www.thefluffffamily.com. This is MYBY, and you are tuned into the Keys 107 Network on Blog Talk Radio, opening doors to endless possibilities. Now, 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 back to the Keys, 107 with your host, Rafika and Brother James. Well, right, we're back. Yes, we are. Welcome back, Brother James. Yes, we're playing with some technology here, trying to get our co-host uh, back on board. But, uh, Brother Joseph, you're doing an excellent job of painting the picture and giving us information that we could now feel a little better that the community is responding um, my question is for you right now, how has the government, the local government um, and the uh, national government responded to this emergency situation in your estimate at this point? Well, I give respect to uh, Sister Dr. Karen Weaver, who's the mayor. Um, she said, as, as recorded in the uh, Final Call newspaper article entitled Water Crisis Means Uncertainty Ahead for Flint's Children. She says, quote, the mayor, uh, Flint is ready to move now on a $55 million, quote, unquote, fast start program to address the immediate needs of removing 15,000 local service lines at our houses. I am pleased that this morning the offices of the governor announced it would move to create a $25 million fund to begin Fast Start. We need that other $30 million too, whether from the state or federal government or both, said the mayor at a um, testimony she gave in front of the uh, Congress back on February 10th. Uh, I was talking to someone earlier today, and they were talking about uh, they're now starting to receive. They are now starting to receive. Are you there? Yes. Sorry about that. Go go ahead, beloved. We, um, no, it's okay. I always say technology is great. It's just not an exact science. It's all that's right. That's right. Same things that's happen, right. you know, on our program, but. Uh, the resident I was speaking to or the high level, uh, this person was in government, was talking about um, they are now receiving federal funds 
But, uh, you know, to the degree those funds are being disseminated and, and, and are uh, really what they say they are, only time will tell. Right now, they actually don't know uh, the number, the numbers and where they're going. You know, the federal can give it to the state, but then the state is determining what money goes where. And uh, from a that's that's political on one level, but from a um, I don't know uh, how, how do I put this. Just you know, there are actually predators from the outside who come in who are looking to get some of that grant money to quote unquote help the residents, but yet the money doesn't necessarily get to them. And when that was uh, mentioned to me today, it reminded me of what I knew to be the case. The same thing in New Orleans. During mm-hmm. Hurricane Katrina, yeah. you see, so there's a there's a there's an undercurrent of politic that goes on below underground of the politic that 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 you see or that's being printed. You know, I've heard mm-hmm. I've heard uh, everything from uh, 200 and uh, that the that the mayor, I mean, excuse me, the governor said that he was going to um, send to Flint everything from 200 and. Forty million to 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 five hundred million, but you know, again, it's just talk right now. I read an article in the New York Times today, and uh, it, it gave a timeline as to the answer to your question. So I guess if you go online and Google uh, the the timeline of the Flint water crisis, New York Times, you'll see what I'm talking about. But mm-hmm. there was an, also another article that that talks about uh, just, you know, how people are impacted by this and, you know, to the degree the monies are disseminated, you know, usually the people who are in need of it are the last to find out. Absolutely. You know, um, Brother Joseph, I believe Brother Rudolph is live now. Um, And, Brother Rudolph, I hope you've been able to keep up with the conversation. If not, I'm going to give you a question for you to kind of help get you right back into the flow of things here. Um, we were just now talking about whether or not the local and federal government has responded in a proper way to, this, to the situation, to the crisis in Flint, Michigan. But I know, as Brother David was, um, excuse me, Brother Joseph was just speaking about the amount of money that they're anticipating to come in to help remedy the situation. Um, my concern is, Financially, we need to have money influx in there, but what is the emotional um, and um, mental impact of 9,000 or more children with lead poisoning? And we know from when we were young young people that lead poisoning um, deals with uh, the deterioration of the, the brain and the cognitive thinking abilities. So we're putting another generation well behind the curve in terms of um, pursuing intellectual pursuits. So I want to know, what, what is, what's your feel on that? Is this something intentional? I mean, could it be more than what it seems to be? What's your perspective on this, brother? Um, 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 <laughs> um. 
trying to think five times before I speak. Um, yes, sir. Yeah, fight me. Yeah, hell yeah, it's intentional. Hey, they're devils. They're trying to kill black people. You know, I'm tired of people pussyfooting around the idea. We are at war, and the only people that don't realize we're at war is us. Everybody else is taking pot shots, blows, and I mean, and they coming right out and saying it now. It's easier to kill a million people than to control them. And how are they going to do it? They're doing it in the water. The very thing that we need in our life. They're poisoning food, poisoning water. They're poisoning the land that we live on. We live in the worst toxic dumps uh, all over the United States. And then people wonder why we have the worst health in the United States. Well, look where they have us living at, proper toxic waste dumps. Then you have scientists of evil in laboratories getting funded to work on projects where they can split genes and find out what ill affects our DNA and doesn't affect theirs. Mm. And these clowns, these buffoons that sit up there with them thinking they're accepted by them, allow it to happen, and then when it happens to them, then it's a major issue. Mm. Now, that's just Brother Rudolph's answer. I mean, I could be wrong. Well, brother, that was powerful, but I have a follow-up question on that. Why? Just why Flint, Michigan? Why not somewhere else? Why not somewhere in Idaho, Texas, or Alabama? You know, why Flint, Michigan? What is it about the landmass, the geographic location? What is it about the resources of the land or the proximity to Canada? Talk to me about that because, you know, we, when we look at uh, the history, every time that there was a war fought, it was always over land. So if we're at war, what is this all about? Hypothetically speaking, um, let's take the lead out of the, uh, out of the water and just deal with the fact of just there being water there. If you could mm. just walk out the back door and just – your dipper down or your bucket down and get water that was to drink. You were sitting on a, gold, a virtual gold mine state of Michigan surrounded by nothing but water. Mm. Relative water unless polluted by someone. Now the Holy mm. Quran said um, I'm not quoting okay but there's a the Holy Quran that says, you know, it's to the effect of um, the evil that man's hands have wrought. Has made. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. So, you know, geographically, where the state of Michigan sits, yes, geographically, Michigan is a gold mine. Mm-hmm. And then to have natural resource of water on three, at least three sides of it, and I mean clean drinking water that you could just go ahead and drink, you know, relatively easy without having to go through a lot of refining, that could be an answer. Second mm. answer, um, you know, Flint, Michigan, okay? Now, you need to keep this in mind, too. 
Flint, Michigan has a population of almost 100,000 people. Why do they only have 55 firefighters in it? Wow. Mm. Mm-hmm. You know, why Why that? See, there, there are so many questions that could be asked as to why Flint, Michigan, but I will say this. Flint, Michigan is not the only city that's having this problem in the United States. I'm hearing that. There are three cities in Ohio. There's one in New Orleans, in Louisiana. There's one in Alabama, at least one in Alabama. But now I would go on the record to say that depending on where you live, if you get your own little uh, uh, primitive water test kit and test the water where you live at, I would say that two-thirds of the population of the United States is drinking toxic water. Mm -hmm. And then with that two-thirds that's drinking the toxic water, I would venture to say that three-quarters of that two-thirds is, again, us. Let's look at Let's just go to Hollywood for a second and look at the black exploitation movie through the hard way. What was the plot of the movie? Oh, the plot boy, of the you... movie was to infect the water system in L.A., Chicago, New York, and Atlanta by putting some some mysterious thing into the reservoir that only affected the DNA of people of color. Now, that was a movie back in the 70s. But here, life is imitating art because it's no longer a movie. They have the technology to do it, and they are doing it. Mm. All right. So, you know, I'm hearing a bunch of things, but you said the the greatest resource that Flint, Michigan has, and I guess... The whole of Michigan itself is the fact that it uh, uh, it has in its possession the greatest amount of fresh water in America, in terms of the, the what the water the fresh water coming from the lakes they have the greatest amount of water fresh water in North America. The second thing I'm looking at is that uh, I heard that eighty percent of the uh, foreign trade, you know, um, traffic, meaning uh, from Canada into the United States and vice versa, comes through Michigan. That's correct. So, so this is almost like how they go into a foreign country, basically, and uh, because of the uh, the waterways, uh, uh, the water source, they they try to take control of that landmass. That protects that water. You know, you know what? On top of that, let me say this. Brother Joseph opened up the show with the quote from Malcolm X about history rewarding its researcher. I'm going to say this on that. The devil has never changed his MO. Anytime he has conquered a people or or anything of that nature, he's done it the same way every time. So study the timeline. Study the the, the the way, the systematic way that the government, and I'm saying the government because why am I saying the government? One, 
it was the government that made the move to take Flint, Michigan, off of their water. It was the government that decided not to listen to the cries and the warnings from the doctors who warned them. See, I have the whole timeline, and I have it written down, but I'll say to all the listeners, just Google Flint, Michigan water crisis timeline and then Mm -hmm. go to the timeline and read it for yourself. I could sit here and read it. It's not as powerful as you reading it yourself, looking at the quotes, who they're coming from, members Mm -hmm. of the Department of Environmental Quality, members of the Board of Doctors who advised the mayor at that time to um, stop using the water, members of the governor's staff who played down what are those memos and reports that they were getting. So this is a conspiracy because you have more than one individual working toward the demise of a particular group of people. This is criminal in nature. Why hasn't anyone used the word criminal and charged anyone with a criminal act yet? One might ask, why is it criminal, Brother James? You started out talking about the lead and how many children have been impacted. You know, the the so-called subject matter experts are estimating between 6,000 and 12,000 children have been exposed to drinking water with high levels of lead and may uh, experience a range of serious health problems, criminal. The latest crisis, in addition to water-causing lead-based consequences, is also a possible cause of an outbreak of Legionnaire's disease that has killed 10 people and affected another 77, criminal. There is no cure for lead-based poisoning. Mm. Increasing evidence shows that there is no safe lead level and that lead disproportionately impacts low-income children. Lead has been linked to uh, decreased IQ and increased likelihood of ADHD, the attention deficit and hyperactivity disorder, delinquent behaviors, total arrests, and increased rates of arrests involving violent offenses, according to Dr. Hannah Atisha. There are other adverse effects on health attributed to lead exposure, including but not limited to uh, hematological, cardiovascular, immunological, and endocrine, the impact of their systems, criminal. I would also like to say that, as Brother Rudolph talked about, uh, other cities in America, uh, watch out for the cities that demographically parallel Flint in the state of New Jersey, like Atlantic City, like Newark. You see, Governor Christie also just recently appointed a state emergency manager, and I know for a fact that what's going on politically right now in Atlantic City parallels what's happening in Flint right now. Uh, No identification of a water crisis per se, but politically um, just keep your eye on what's going on in the state of New Jersey as as well. 
corruption has appeared on the land and the sea on account of what man's hands have wrought. Yes, Thank sir. you, Brother James. Yes, sir. Thank you. Thank you. Well, you know, brothers, um, like you said, if we study the history, the the attacks come in multiple phases. And this might be um, an imminent attack in terms of coming from the water, but it's going to come from the land, it's going to come from the air as well. And so we must be on alert. We must have our eyes and ears open to see how we're going to defend ourselves from these attacks, because this is akin to biological and chemical warfare. Right now, uh, 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 brother James, not yes. akin to this is biological and chemical warfare being used against the American people on the shore inside the shores of America. This is treason at the highest levels, and damn it, one of these black politicians better open their goddamn mouth and say something because when the wicked starts and the killing starts. Misuse, mistreatment, and deceitfulness of the people. They need to start with those handkerchief head Uncle Tom's because they sit there and they know this stuff, but because they are so bought and paid for, they won't open their damn mouths to save their own people. Well, then, damn it, let them die with them dogs that they work and, and, and love. Mm, mm, mm. Now, we are we don't know exactly in terms of um, like the one of the articles was saying six to twelve thousand youth, um, you know, have been affected by the lead poisoning. I think it's going to take a little bit more time to do a true assessment. But the bottom line is that oh, is not oh, even. Hold on, brother James. Brother yes. James, hold on. No, I, no, sir. No, sir. They can find out by a simple blood test what the level of lead is in anybody, all right? Mm -hmm. Now, the, the government says that they allow up to 15 parts per billion in the, um, in the water. They allow up to that, okay? Well, then, why is it that Flint shelter, um, now, I, I, I just need to go to this. And, and just, oh, man. Take your time. Take your time. As you're looking for your, your document, I wanted to say that basically. Oh, no, I have it right here. I have it right here. You have it? Good, good to go. In, in um, October of 2014, General Motors stopped using Flint water because they reported that the Flint water was corroding their car parts. Mm. January 2015, Detroit's water system, okay, um, they they had made efforts to reconnect to um, Detroit from Flint. But let, let me back up before that. Um, in April... April 25th of 2014, that's when Flint switched from Detroit water to the Flint River. August and September of that same year, 
okay, the city of Flint issued a boil water advisory after numerous complaints of the smell and the um, taste of the water, it was found out that the water coliformed bacteria in the tap water. Mm. Now, this was, this was, again, before all of this stuff happened. So now January of 2015, okay, again, Detroit offers to switch Flint back to the Detroit water, and they were going to weigh the $4 million connection fee. Three weeks later, Flint's state-appointed emergency manager, Mr. Jerry Ambrose, declined to do it. Why haven't we heard the name Jerry Ambrose? Hmm. See, they're quick to throw the brother under the bus and not saying that he doesn't have some culpability in it, but the person who was responsible for the switch, nobody has heard of Jerry Ambrose. But yet that was emergency manager, the governor for the city of Flint, Michigan. Again, this is just part of the timeline of what's going on. Here's a quote. It's clear the nature of the threat was communicated poorly. It's also clear that folks in Flint are concerned about other aspects of their water, the taste, the smell, and the color being among the top complaints. That was a quote from a memo that was sent to the governor by an aide from the Department of Environmental Quality when they tested the water. 104 parts per billion of lead were in water at the home of Lee and Walters in February, February 18th of 2015, to be exact. So they had the information, they had the proof, they had all of the documentation, but they chose not to use it, again, because it's only a bunch of black people that are being affected. If one of them were white, then I, I will agree with Hillary Clinton for, uh, on what she said. If this had happened in Gross Point or, or Farmington Hills or any of the other white suburbs, you know that the situation would have been corrected overnight. But because they're black people, nobody gives a damn because black lives don't matter. They only mm. matter on a piece of paper on a slogan. Mm, 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 mm. I'm sorry, I'm done. So I want to know what's going to happen just as we watch um, this, the flood with Katrina in New Orleans and the media is gone. Some people have visited. We have some snapshots here and there of what's happening, but we know people who live there who say nothing really has changed, although billions of dollars and activism has happened to generate massive interest and affect some kind of movement towards repair. What is happening, what is going to happen in Flint? Is this just going to be an area that just dissipates? Where are the people going to go? What's going to die? That's what's 
going to happen. And they're going to suffer and die horrible, painful deaths over the next 5, 10, and 20 years. Nothing is going to happen because nobody gives a damn. And when I say nobody, I don't mean nobody. I mean no one in a seat of power and authority that is willing to make a decision to make a change. Nobody cares. You know, the mayor, uh, the governor. Let me me just clarify. Let me just say this. To the people that have coming to Flint and that are in Flint that are giving out the bottled water and are trying to do all that they can, kudos to you. Hats off to everyone that's going there trying to ease the pain and suffering of the victims by trying to afford them with the basic human rights of clean drinking water that they need. But shame on you to the elected officials, not just in Flint, but all across America, because there's nobody who doesn't know about this situation. Why haven't you lifted your voice, lifted your hand, or done anything within your power to rally the forces and the resources to do what needs to be done? It's not a simple fix, but it's the only answer. The pipes have to be changed. You have to change all the ones in the city streets, the ones in the homes, the ones that come from the source of the water. Then you have to change the source of the water because the river itself has been so decimated. When the corrosion or the bacteria first appeared, their knee-jerk reaction was to dump a bunch of um, bacteria-killing agent into the river in order to kill the bacteria so they overchlorinate now the river so now you end up with a crystalline compound of the bacteria so the bacteria may be dead in one sense but the crystalline compound that's there now which is a chemical compound which will not break down on its own is now something that something else that you have to deal with if there is no sweet answer to this. They must change the pipes. They must change the source of the drinking water, and it has to start today. Every day that they wait, that means that that six-month-old baby now is condemned, condemned to a life of sub-everything because, yes, as you said, lead affects the brain's ability to function properly, so they will not have a proper education. They will not properly be able to think and critically think their way through things. And, yes, it will affect their behavior. And as Hillary Clinton so eloquently coined the phrase for um, black youth that are in the justice system, super predators, but they have a place for them. Michigan is also a place with um, an inordinate amount of prisons throughout the state. And those prisons that go throughout the state are the driving force and the driving means of support for some towns all the way through the state of Michigan. So once again, it's not by chance, it's not haphazard, it's a carefully thought out plan, it's a conspiracy Just as the scriptures speak of, come, let us deal wisely with them. 
think it's not too soon to begin to think about how we need to inform our people to survive these man-made disasters that are uh, are targeting us for elimination. You know, um, water purification, as we know, um, over the years we have talked about that, um, having private water purification kits and water purification uh, apparatus for the home. Um, I think now maybe that will get some traction because if it can happen in Flint, it can happen anywhere. That's right. Yeah. Well, we have a caller on the line, um, Brother Rudolph and Brother Joseph, Brother James, who just wants to talk about the lead poisoning and his uh, commentary and questioning is right on time. So, caller, your mic is live. Go ahead, check in. Hi, thank you. My name is uh, Quentin Hawkins. Uh, how you doing, Rudy? Oh, oh man, <laughs> this man right here, I'm glad you're on, brother. This man right here is a certified lead investigator. He deals with, in New York City, and has for over the last 30 years, lead poisoning cases throughout the state. Hmm. Back in the days, there were lead pipes, and this caused 
a lot of the problems. A lot of problems you see, like kids from Mexico, uh, their pottery is based out of lead. You know, and so when they come into the United States with their pottery and sell their pottery, and we're buying their pottery, eating from it, which had a large problem with the lead. People from Africa, the same thing when they came over. They bring their pottery, and the lead was based inside the pottery, which caused a large problem with the kids. And the projects, our, our main developments with projects and Painting our project with lead paint. When you put your uh, kids put their hands on the wall and then suck their fingers, this causes uh, the lead to uh, to get into the system. So, I mean, it, they didn't know what to do or how to 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 solve this, and they knew about it, but no one never addressed the issue until it until it uh, came out where they had no choice to. Uh, to do something about it, and kids going to hospital. And how they found out that kids had a large level of lead is they had a program over there, it's called a WIC program, where you had to get your blood tested. And they would find out all these kids in urban developments had high levels of lead, and it was toxic, you know? Right, and this was their way of trying to ease, the, uh, ease it in to keep uh, things down was this so-called nutrition program, like they really gave a damn whether these children got a nutritious meal or not. They're coming from food deserts where there are no supermarkets anywhere around them that they can get fresh fruits and vegetables. And if they really cared, why wouldn't they open up a supermarket and get fresh fruits and vegetables into these locations? Right, right, right. The only, the only solution. I'm sorry. The the only solution we have for our the children, especially in Flint, Michigan, what they what they need to do is to get tested, to get a blood test, and if they find out that they have a, a level, uh, of the, the levels from from anything higher than than ten or fifteen is toxic, and what has That's to be right. done. Yeah, and what has to be done? They have to go through a process. It's called chelation. Chelation is uh, right, right. Chelation is a form. Is 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 that uh, it's, it's something like uh, uh, when you when you're diabetic. Uh, what do you, what do you, dialysis? It's something like dialysis. It's like dialysis. Chelation therapy is right. a therapy where they they when they're going through the process. It binds with the lead so it can be removed from their blood. Dr. Barbara mm-hmm. Justice used to do that in her office up in Harlem, and I was privileged to work with her some years ago. Mm-hmm. Right, right, right. This is the only way it can be moving. I remember, uh, uh, audience and, and brother uh, uh, Muhammad, I've seen a kid level was 350. He looked like he was metallic. He was shining. I mean, he was totally gone. He was his brain was destroyed. He could be no more than. I mean, I I couldn't imagine. I mean, he was just probably a vegetable. The kid was only four years old, and he had uh, such a high level of lead because he was eating the paint off the wall. Lead is sweet. Mm. Lead paint is sweet. Wow. So no no no. I mean. No telling how long this kid was eating this. And not only that, uh, he was from uh, Mexi- Mexico, so 
plus the pottery uh, that the food that the the, the uh, uh, he was eating the food from was high uh, uh, with lead. I mean, he was three hundred and fifty lead level, and I happened to do an investigation on that case, and and it was a shame. It, it would be nothing, you know, nothing. And let me cut you off for a second. And mm-hmm. he, here's another thing, Brother James and listeners. Mm-hmm. Now the government is trying to um, fix it where none of these people will be able to sue for damages and collect anything behind this to mm-hmm. so add insult to injury. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I wonder if uh, uh, Brother Horn is uh, Charlie Malilla one. Charlie, are you on the line? Who was it? Charlie. Charlie? Charlie Pillow. He, he, he would have to I- hit the number one in order for us to know. Hit the number one if you're online, because he could be on in the chat room. Let me go back. Um, no, he's not. He I don't be, see him. If he, he would dialed be calling in, from, um, what, a 516 area code? 61. Oh, yeah, 516, yeah. Uh, probably a five, yeah, 516. Yeah, he's well, not on the yeah. line. He's not on the line yet. Okay, well, all right, no problem. No let, problem. Let me, I, I, you know, I'm hearing that there is a possible solution where you could um, remedy the situation medically if the, it was a chelation. Chelation, um, yes. Now, now, I've heard of this some 10 or 15 years ago that um, athletes were using a form of chelation to do something yes. with their blood um, to yes. oxygenize their blood, blood and, and, right, and, right, and right. recover from injuries. Um, right. yes. well, in again, the United medically, States, huh? Say again? Medically speaking, again, okay. why chelation therapy works. Uh, chelation therapy acts like, all right, remember the old science? Um, experiment of the iron filings and the magnet. Mm-hmm. You mix the iron filings with something and hold a magnet over it, and it extracts only the iron filings to it and leaves right, whatever right. other. Thing. That's yeah. how chelation therapy works. It binds with the lead in order to that you can extract now the lead particles from the bloodstream or filter them out from the bloodstream. Mm-hmm. Um, and in doing so, now you're left with just clean, oxygen-rich blood, which does promote healing and speeds up healing of tissue. Mm, mm. Now, there's a there's another form, uh, another way you can combat that, uh, uh, the lead poison also. It, you can drink it, which is nasty as hell. I mean, it's nasty, nasty, nasty. And, and and a lot of, of the the urban kids uh, couldn't afford to buy this medicine, which cost three hundred and fifty dollars a bottle. Three hundred and fifty dollars. Uh, it was it was chelation, the same thing, oh. but it was a, for, a form of liquid. And mm. and a lot of them couldn't afford it. And a lot of times, the, uh, myself through the operation of the core, would have to buy these bottles for some of these families so the kids can take it. Mm. Now, and what the, is the and death this rate? Is what's gonna, the, well, I haven't heard. It's only I haven't heard any death 
rape. Well, rape. you're not going to, Brother James, you're, you're not going to get it like that because they're not going to die and the, and, the car, and the medical examiner put as a cause of death lead poisoning. It's mm. not going to happen. You're going to have to connect the dots. What the lead poison will do, it's going to break down the liver. It's going to break down the kidneys. So it'll be renal failure. It'll be toxicity due to liver failure. It'll be um, things of that nature. Um, it's where organs will begin to fail and organ systems will fail. Then the person will die. But most, but most importantly, okay, just forget that. But this is what this is what it does. When 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 lead affects the nerves in the brain, then that affects our IQ. If our IQ is 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 minimum, then you cannot exceed a a a higher education because you don't have the will to learn. You're hyperactive. You you're acting out. You have no patience. There's no tolerance. So you, you'll have a whole lot of ignorant kids running around with a low education because of the fact. They've been poisoned by lead. And this is what's happening. You know? So, so you end so up you with an excellent prison population. Mm. Absolutely. So you say the death rate. Modern day slavery all over again. Right. Absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. Let me ask you one, one other thing. If the higher the levels of toxicity of, of lead in the blood, will it cause you to become mentally deranged in the sense that um, you lose um, consciousness in terms of uh, what's around you. Like you're disoriented, uh, you know, you're quick to anger, you, you know, there's no Absolutely. off switch. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, well, I don't know as far as, yeah, absolutely, because I've seen kids act out and go into a rage. Mm-hmm. Family's house. I went to a family's house to do an intake to, uh, to find out uh uh, and she had a legal suit, which she, which she did. While I'm doing the intake, the kid came up from, uh, dived on the floor, went on the table, and I'm biting on my leg. They had to pull the kid to go get a shot. They had to pull the kid off. He was like totally, totally out of control. Mm. Totally, totally out of control. And she couldn't figure out why. And when they did, What's the lead level? He went to the hospital. His lead level was 125. Mm. And they didn't know what to do. They they didn't understand it. Mm. We got to keep talking about this, gentlemen. We definitely have to let the community know where this is going. This is is exactly what's going to. I hope it doesn't happen. But if they don't get, if the kids don't get a blood test and the check, and see where the lead level is at. You'll have a whole bunch of kids uh, running around, and they be asking five or ten years from now, how come my kid is not learning? Why is he acting out like this? You know, why does he seem to comprehend? What's going on here? And the reason is because his his uh, development of, of of himself and the brain does not uh, uh, exist anymore. Because the, the the nerves in the brain has been destroyed. Mm. Right, right. Now uh, I know that our time brain? is real. I know that our time is very short. But James, we may have to do a follow up on this. But mm-hmm. I don't want to leave the listeners in this state where we are. I want to give them 
because there is a solution. Oh, there yeah. is a remedy. There is a way out of this. It, you know, it's a narrow hallway, but, you know, there is light at the end of the tunnel. And I want to leave the listeners on a positive note to let them know all hope is not lost. Mm. Mm. So some of the things that can be done right now where they are are diet-wise. Diet. They, they, they have to get iron in their diet. Iron. Mm-hmm. They have to get folic acid in their diet. Mm-hmm. If they could get on a regiment of navy beans mm-hmm. three times a day if necessary, because the navy bean in its properties has the ability to draw and bind poisons mm. and toxins so that it can be passed. This is one of the reasons why it's a staple food for us given to us by the Honorable Elijah Muhammad because of its medicinal properties. Mm. What about fasting? I know that's a little difficult when you're talking about an eight-year-old child or seven-year-old child, maybe a five-year-old child. Fasting is always good because fasting helps to rid the body of toxins. helps to slow down the progression and the bacteria that's inside of us already, and it doesn't Mm -hmm. give it more to feed on Well, brothers, I do agree that we will have to do a part two because there are a lot of things that we haven't really taken into consideration. But, uh, you know, we, we have to look at the water actually spoiling the soil in which we produce our food. So not only we are drinking it, we're probably eating the poison as well. And uh, we have to find alternate ways to have pure water in our homes, even if we have to distill the water ourselves, I believe Brother James, we have to I talk about that. I was just getting ready to say that. One quick fix is if every home had their own distillery hooked up in their kitchen or their bathroom, just like the hillbillies make moonshine, the same kind of still in the home to distill fresh, clean water for them to drink. The distillation process takes time, but once it's up and running, then you have an endless supply of clean water. Reverse osmosis is another way to clean the water. But Mm -hmm. short of reverse osmosis and distillation, you're not going to clean that water from the Flint River. Mm -hmm. But but it goes deep. I'm sorry. It goes deeper than that. Anything and everything is processed with water. So if if they if they using the water to garden their vegetables, if they using the water, you know what I mean, to, to, to can beans and stuff, if the same water it you know, it's still the problem is still there. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's still there, you know. So I, I don't even know how to remedy that. You know, you can do all of that but I mean, you might pick up a piece of fruit that was watered down and here we go again. You know, you just you, you're putting it right back into your cycle. system. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, absolutely. I, I I like to leave this. I like to leave 
I mean, after the show is going to leave my number, and if anybody's curious, what can they do, or what are the symptoms? You know, how can you tell, uh, other than the kid being hyperactive, uh, what other symptoms uh, are there to tell that your kid got high levels of lead? They can reach out and call me. I mean, if you have a kid yes, who doesn't, who can't distinguish their colors, that's another symptom, a big symptom. Well, you hear that wonderful sound? That is our closing. But I want to say to you, all you brothers, thank you, thank you very much. Quentin, you added so much to it. Brother Joseph, you held it down. And of thank course, you. Brother Rudolph, you bring the fire and the flames. But I also thank want you, to sir. thank one of our listeners in on Facebook. She just posted in the keys um, the signs of repeated lead exposure. And it's a litany of different things from a loss of appetite to memory loss to um, fatigue to, uh, you know, getting poor grades in schools. And she goes on and on to muscle weakness, even to get to becoming a, uh, be going into seizures and comas. So check that out on the Facebook page, The Keys 107. And we thank you all um, for uh, participating. And hopefully you took notes because I took them. And um, I'm looking forward to doing a part two with you all. So, uh, in behalf of the Keys family, uh, this is Brother James. Uh, it has been my pleasure to uh, open this forum up. And we have a speaker closing out. May God bless you with love and happiness and open doors to every possibility. All right, folks. We're going to go into our next phase. And that is. God bless you all. Have a good night. You're listening to The Keys 107. Opening the doors to endless possibilities. In the pursuit of love, peace, and happiness. With your host, Rafika and Brother James.